0: All right, everyone, it's been a brief hiatus for the podcast, but we are back and I am joined by the director of UCLA Esports, Ashley Denktas. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, UCLA, a huge name, easily recognizable in the collegiate space. But as we've found out and experienced collegiate esports may not be the front and center of everyone's mind. So this is a cool opportunity to capitalize on some of that value that UCLA already brings to the table when it comes to competition and even education. So I'm excited to be talking to such a big name school about this. And it's a great opportunity to talk to a director. So someone who's really focused on the future and the goals of the group. So. But first, I like to know more about the person I'm interviewing. So why don't you give us a little bit of context about your origin story about how you got to direct the UCLA esports group?
1: Yeah, so it's been a kind of long winded journey, Um, I'd say, like from the very beginning, I've always been super interested in video games uh, and esports in general but I didn't really take uh, or get involved in the esports scene until the summer of 2016, when um, I, like, all summer, stayed up all night watching every single VOD uh, Overwatch uh, 2016 World Cup. And I was wa- as I was watching the VODs and like, seeing all these teams play, I was like, wow, um, I really enjoy this game and I really want to get better at it. It's awesome to see that teams actually work together and strategize ways to be the best team um, competing-wise, as well as that there's so many uh, people standing behind these teams, whether managers or um, coaches or um, even going beyond that, in, like, marketers, uh, partnerships to support these players and make their names known uh esports. Um, and I was like, well, I want to be a part of this um, after I graduate. But uh, because I'm still earning my degree, I want to find a way to be sports at UCLA, considering it's such a an hub. E- and so um, I looked up to see if UCLA had any eSports clubs. And um, lo and behold, we had um, a club called uh, eSports at with the at, UCLA. And so I joined the founding team there um, with my good friends at the end. And I started off as chief editor for um, esports at UCL, kind of managing reporters to do article recaps of um, our esports team's plays and the scores and, like, whether or not they're in their TESPA or CSL tournament. And as time went on, um, I just kind of got more involved in the organization and helped plan events as well as, like. Help Sunny, and then uh, onwards our next or the next uh, esports director uh, Cole Schwartz, um, mm-hmm. you know, figure out like the what we wanted for the direction club partnerships we thought would be, and so on and so forth. And then once it was uh, like once I answered my senior year this year, I uh, took up the, to be director and since then have like um, you know gotten closer, more closely involved with the operations of all our team. Um, kind of started managing their travel and their budgets um, and have just like overall learned how to uh, wear many hats. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, and wearing many hats gives you so many great perspectives, especially as you jump into leadership. And it's so important to have that experience being boots on the ground or even a player or someone supporting a team just so that you can understand the depth of how far it goes. So having you at the helm actually drives a lot of positive movement forward because you've got credibility with the, with the, all the members, you've got credibility with leadership, you've established yourself on campus. Like there's so much value with that journey that's right there. And knowing that you had that interest at the very beginning of your journey, like that, that's, that's a powerful place to be at. And I mean, as you, as you were mentioning, like being able to set goals, like what, where do you see, your particular leadership helping to drive, like, what's your personality and how is that going to help direct where that club goes?
1: Well, so far, I feel like my personality, like this year, because I'm actually in the last month of school, so I'll be slowly, or I'm going to be passing on the torch pretty soon. Um, but I'd say this year we fo- I focused on, you know, finding more ways for our athletes, club in general. To get more connections in the eSports industry as well as like uh, more community aspects built and I guess to build off of those um, And this year I tried to coordinate events pro orgs and uh, uh, people in the space to just like directly talk to our athletes because um, I realized that um, though we have uh, over 50 athletes on our uh, nine different uh, rosters. Um, they're not all going to compete at the highest level of eSports after they graduate. And so I'm trying to like, I tried to offer them ways to see like, and talk to people that work in eSports in other capacities rather than just being athletes so that they know that if they really enjoy being here, enjoy the memories on being caught, like teammates with other people at their call at UCLA, um, they can still find a way to be involved after they graduate. Um, and then community wise, um, another big thing that my staff have worked on is trying to build the community up at UCLA, because coming into this year, we would always like, we had merch and like, I'd hear for people. And even if I was wearing our UCLA esports merch on campus, people would be like a stop me and others and be like, Whoa, we have an esports team. And it's like, yeah, we've been here for three years. We've been trying to get the word out. So that was like one problem that we were trying to tackle this year is, that more people were known knew about our presence um and and by doing that we put on events on campus like or not viewing parties as well Um, uh last year at the end of last year um hosted the uh, pac-e tournament um with all the pac-12 schools um and we invited uh, their league of legends rosters out and they competed on campus in the johnson center um for a League of Legends tournament, and so that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like you know, building the esports scene at UCLA and uh, inviting people who are interested in esports or even don't know what uh, esports is into this space. And you're welcome here. You know, like there are teams um, at UCLA that represent you in this space and like want to be number one in the nation. Um, and by doing that, I think it it's help helps feed a a feedback cycle of like students supporting each other on the team, wanting to be like comrades and like, you know, have like friendships, creating a positive atmosphere uh, when they think about the club and talk about it with friends. I feel like, along with our own um, efforts to, you know, market the club via social media and other um, ways on campus, um, it helps, you know, spread the word about our club. And um, Evelee has. Uh, grown our social reach over last year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's been interesting because, I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a good long while now, and it still seems like there is a general general difficulty in trying to get other students on campus to really recognize that despite all the events being done, despite all the like, social media movements and Uh, Attaching to different departments and different events on campus that it seems hard for other students to latch on unless they're already really interested in that space or for some students who come to the colleges and have been lacking like a social structure or haven't really found their group that then gaming becomes that group for them. But it's it still strikes me as odd that there is such a difficulty in getting that word out on campus. Do, do you have any like insight as to why that, that's so difficult? Because as as I've I mean, as I've seen e- collegiate esports grown over the last two years, that the attention is growing, but it just doesn't seem to be growing from the, the students on campus, which is just an interesting predicament to be in.
1: Um, I'd say recently I've seen a little shift just because, uh, in my personal experience, I've done a couple of tablings throughout the year, and I think it, people are starting to have a shift in interest. Like when uh, people who don't know about esports come up and talk to me, when they're tabling about esports or just like one of the general events we have for, say, a party for Overwatch uh, League or uh, LCS. Um, they're like, oh, wow, like esports, I've heard of that. Isn't that just like competitive video games? Like you know, that opens the segue, talk, like get them more about our. Um, But overall, I'd say like, from my experience when uh, before this year, I'd say that, from my insight, I think collegiate esports clubs struggle on how to properly get themselves and hit the audience that doesn't already know about them. Um, And from our experience, that's just because um, before I was like the director. I don't think past leaders focused on doing social media campaigns or even reaching out on campus and hitting um, people who might not typically hear about um, video game stuff uh, or um uh, competitions because they don't follow our social. And the way that we've um, been able to kind of counteract that a little bit this year with marketing director is um, by like going into the dorms and posting flyers and um, uh, other event posters that you know tell the time and date of when we're hosting something, or our socials, so that like other people who may not ever like interact with us have the chance to see us while they're like just going about the daily activities of a student, um, as well as like um, you know um, actually going to Bruin Walk, while are waving people down, no matter how like silly it seems, saying, "Hey, do you want to learn more about esports or competitive video gaming?" um though you get a few like a ton of people that walk by you you get one or two that are like oh wow I've actually heard about this what is this um and you get the chance to you know talk to me explain um and I'd say like personally the time I I feel like with recent events um despite it not you know the world not being how we want it uh, I think it has given us an avenue to you know get propel esports a little faster just because everything can be held online and um my me and my staff have helped uh, hosted the ucla esports application this quarter um in order to give our athletes um the competition to play in um because a lot of their other competitions were canceled and uh just by streaming like carstone rocket league and overwatch um we've shot up how much social engagement we have on our twitter and uh twitch sorry I forgot the word, twitch channel um like uh i don't know the exact percentage but i know like in just one day of broadcast we were able like 100 uh 50 followers but so i think like that's great we've been, yeah we've been able to like capitalize on the situation just because uh, people are looking at this space a little more than usual because they're not as busy um uh sorry i don't know if i uh diverged on the question no
0: i, I think it's great i mean you, uh-huh. you're providing examples of how you're reaching out and i think even if the the your own tournaments that you hosted didn't go like well or didn't get the viewership that you wanted i think hosting it for your teams was just a huge like health mental health bonus for them being able to say that The club is still looking after their teams and their members. I think that's exceptionally cool. And I know, I think you commented on Twitter saying it was like your first tournament that you were running. So, I mean, that's got to be a a fun experience. But then you're also under that pressure to deliver for your your members and for the people who put you Mm -hmm. in charge of everything. I think, I mean, one, that's a huge vote of confidence in you and your staff. But then just how close knit everyone is to be like, yeah, we want to throw these tournaments for our teams, but then also help the other teams out there that are missing competition. Uh, That's just an incredible thing to do and to organize it so quickly, because, I mean, you ran it last weekend, maybe the weekend before, and everyone's been in some form of lockdown or questioning lockdown for about eight weeks uh, six weeks back then so I mean you were still very much in that world of adapting to where everyone's lives were at at that point and yet you still pulled it off you still got great numbers and I mean that's a huge huge feather in your cap to pull off
1: Mm -hmm. no yeah it's been pretty amazing like I'm not gonna lie me and my staff were a little uh a little scared at first but uh once we got into the thick of it started and we like learned how to streamline everything uh it got a lot easier um and again it was just kind of tapping into the like you know we can't be all physically together anymore. so we wanted to create this like this space whether or not it's like physical or virtual where all our teams can come together and still cheer each other on and you know like have this one last hurrah this year to be like you're you're my teammate we're part of ucl sports we want you to win especially for me and like the other seniors who um, felt like uh, the last part of their senior year was taken away and i didn't get to like we didn't get to properly send off um, our teams and say a last goodbye um and so it it was just giving us that last chance to you know to compete together as like ucla esports 2019 before it shifted and then um i got a lot of uh, feedback from competitors who Um, who were pretty understanding of us, like, you know, you know, pulling off this tournament for the first time ever with like pretty much three staff members in lockdown condition, only running on one uh, kind of budget PC, the stream and like coordinating 36 other schools. Um, They've been pretty understanding and pretty like thankful that with all these tournaments canceled, that they still got the camaraderie of, you know, competing with other teams who are going through similar situations.
0: So outside of throwing events for your teams and trying to kind of keep the, the community that is collegiate esports rolling, what other things have mm-hmm. you all been able to accomplish uh, in this time where you're still trying to figure out how to be a club and how to reach out to students and stay in contact with everyone? Like what's been your strategy to keep everyone sane and connected and like being that community space that you all had when everyone was on campus?
1: Yeah, I'd say the other big thing that uh, I've been trying to implement is like just in our own UCLA sports discord is kind of just like community gaming nights. Um, That's not like competitive or anything, but like just incentivizes like uh, anyone who's in in the discord to be able to play with each other if um, because teams aren't scrimming as often. Um, And so basically, I've uh, put up shifts for all of our managers to kind of come to Night um, per week, and just like invite anyone who's um, uh, free to come in and play games, whether or not for titles. Um, and then the other thing that we've been kind of working on on the back end is uh, to engage like the community as well as just like social followers is trying to come up with more content ideas. Um, we've been lucky enough that um, UCLA Esports is uh, partnered with Razor. And so uh, we recently. Um, submitted some uh videos of our athletes talking about how their experience in quarantine um to razor and i know one of them has already published there's two more slotted to come out um and so that's been a, a cool way to you know not only broaden our social reach but like you know tell our athletes stories um a little harder since did. um and after these tournaments come out we're going to try to you know clip um good plays as well as you know engage with all the other tournament or the other schools that competed in the tournament and kind of highlight their performance um and hopefully um i still have to talk to our uh video editors but this year before quarantine we were able to put out a couple of documentaries about our Overwatch teams and our Hearthstone team's performances at uh, LAN events, Um, and so we'll see if we can kind of, you know, create a similar narrative uh, and explain how the UCLA eSports invitation slash, like, uh, how uh, everything has affected their their, uh, ability to compete. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's kind of like what I'm hoping that this podcast to do is kind of capture a glimpse in in time of where this space is at. And I mean, having more player uh, player and club perspective on how they were, how they managed on their individual responsibilities and how they managed as a team. I think that's a really cool glimpse into the, as close as you get to collegiate esports when it's talking about an individual or a team that's having to play through this time and space. Like, all of these competitions are going online. All of the major esports are online or canceled. And so having that perspective, even with collegiate esports, is showing just how widespread this is. But when you tack on that these athletes, student athletes, are also students and that they have all these other requirements about them and other things that are higher priority, like their education in general. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And yet these are the struggles that they're going through to kind of chase maybe a side, a side hustle a dream or something like you were saying like you know that your students aren't all going to go compete at the highest level of esports but you want to prepare them for another avenue this is this is that other avenue where they can understand the power of what they have based off of what they've been through and how they how they got through it creatively and as a community and as a leader or even just someone being benefited by being part of the club like that's a great way to prove value to not only the spectators but to the university itself as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. Speaking of the university, what's their involvement like with UCLA Esports?
1: Uh, well, UCLA Esports started out like three years ago, just as a student-run club. Um, but um, fast forward to two years ago, so like. Um, we went to UCLA Recreation, kind of talked to um, Brian Smith. Um, I don't remember his current um, But we talked to Brian Smith and kind of pitched him the idea of esports, you know, showed him how esports is an up and coming space. And especially in the collegiate level, there's a ton of competition. We were already representing UCLA. Um, in these competitions so we wanted to make it a little more official say like you know we're officially representing the school and we're trying to do the best like since our hearthstone team has like a rank one uh number a number one rank one player in north america so why why we want to officially be able to you know um he's representing ucla and he's winning these competitions for us and representing the student body we want the student body to be sure for him understand that like. Yeah, he's competing for you for um uh for us. Uh and so after hearing our pitch, um, we got in uh integrated to UCLA recreation as a club sport. And with that came a lot of benefits. Um, we've gotten access to like uh you know financial planning, uh bank accounts that allow us to kind of our money more and like um Split funds in evenly between teams, so they all get the opportunity to at least play at one, like in-person event per year. Um, we also get um, special access to transportation resources, like van rentals or re- reduced uh, uh, bus or car rentals. If a van. Is available for um, we also get a lot of help on the partnership side, where um, before um like we'd be approached by um companies and they'd say oh we really want to work with ucla esports like how can we help how can we benefit you um and we got so many it was kind of hard to navigate okay like which ones are the most beneficial to us which ones like if we accept this one is this gonna make it exclusive so that we can help from anyone else and so they've kind of come in their partner's team and have been able to like um help us navigate um, the most beneficial partnerships for both us and the sponsor that wants to enter the collegiate space. And so we've been lucky enough to gain um sponsorship from SI Racer and XD Racer who have been able who have donated um, PCs, peripherals, and gaming chairs uh, to our esports practice center in the John uh, John Wooden Center on campus. Um, so our athletes get um, Access to top-of-the-line uh, peripherals, and PCs that allow them to play at their best. Um, while we, you know, do our best to, um, you know, get their word out and explain how, like, these products allow our teams to play at their best. In, um, you know, advertising.
0: That's a lot of support goodness but, I mean, that, that's a lot to take in and be able to yeah. fully utilize like that's incredible to get that much support and so, I mean yeah you had a great selling point you had the number one player in North America at your school saying like we can put the UCL brand behind it and get some attention for this that's that's huge that's a yeah. great way to think that the the university is already so supportive of this as well as wanting to be inclusive of it and mm-hmm. I mean your club's splitting the funds equally among teams despite some scenes being more developed like uh, League of Legends over say CSGO or Rainbow Six collegiate uh, leagues so I mean that makes that makes it really cool to see that all the students are being treated equally and being included equally. When you went to recreation was there any concerns about Uh, Diversity, or making sure that all groups felt included in that space? Because, I mean, it's been a very male-dominated ecosystem and as well as just not one where a whole lot of minorities are represented. Is that something that the school had concerns about or something that the club already kind of took into account just by the nature of gaming is inclusive?
1: Yeah, I think the school was concerned about that um they did you know bring that up and uh for um and some of the reason why we don't have certain esports titles under ucla esports is for that reason to make sure that everyone feels included in our space um uh for instance like we currently don't feel the csgo roster just because uh there have been concerns about from the muslim student association it promotes like you know Backlash for their community, and so we've been we've been sensitive to that. Yeah, that's that's important to make sure that you guys feel welcome in the space too. So um, again, but we always are, um, you know, updating our team to 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 make sure that we're following the biggest esports, but we're also taking into consideration the needs of our personal community community at the same time. Um, and then I'd say like going to the diversity. Um, Yeah, uh, because esports is, you know, male-dominated, typically uh, white, Asian, uh, being the biggest demographics in the space, that was primarily a concern, Um, but at least um, my experience, I can't speak for everyone, has been pretty positive, especially at UCLA esports. Everyone, uh, like, even when I was first starting out and a little, um, like, not unsure of how the space was built. Um, my uh, colleagues were very uh, active And being like, Ashley. What's your opinion? You haven't, if you haven't said anything. And so, like, I've always been pretty vocal that UCLA has a pretty open and welcoming space. I think the fact that this year that both me and my assistant director, Kathy, um, are, you know, at the forefront of this program and running it, and we're both women, like, kind of showcases that, like, um yes gaming can be a pretty um unwelcoming space but we're doing our part to make sure that everyone um and that's why i think it's like so important for me um whenever like our club does flyering to be at the table because uh definitely when i'm there i get a lot more interest from girls than if i wasn't at the table um and i just say that coming from personal experience because i remember as a freshman i was I was interested in the gaming community, but I didn't get involved until uh, um, my sophomore year, just because uh, I remember, you know, being at the enormous fact- activity fair that UCLA holds every day. And when I first saw the club, I didn't see a girl at the table. I was like, well, that doesn't seem like a place for me. Then. Um, and looking back, that was a little like, you know, like I, I should have probably gone out of my comfort zone. And eventually I did. But I think it's important to have that representation there. And you know, listen to what uh, the needs of the community.
0: Absolutely, and I, I that story especially rings true. I mean, I've I've talked to close to 75 different groups and clubs, and I think I've only talked to maybe two, maybe three other women in collegiate esports, and like that's a, that's a space that I feel like this is where collegiate esports can really differentiate itself from professional esports in that we can be building up inclusive, diverse communities from the ground up. That's encouraging this level of competition that shares, that shares a vision of who their audience is and who, who the participants are as well. And to hear that, like you were dissuaded based off of representation at a a tabling event, like, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a gut punch and a realization check mm-hmm. that I think a lot of clubs could do is make sure that you are reaching out to everyone because as much as you feel like you're putting the effort out to get the word out, if people don't feel like they're going to be welcome from the beginning based off of who they see is representing that club, and not to say that there's anything wrong with having like all men represent your club if that's the state that it's yeah. in, but it does portray a certain, uh, certain group and a certain clique. And it can yeah. be really discouraging for anyone else to approach.
1: Yeah. And so I think like the way to combat that is like, you know, either having, you know, uh, inviting diverse or uh, groups into your, uh, your club slash the events that you put on, or even just have events that are geared towards other groups and your boards. Um, uh, one thing that I, I wish going back is something, could have done, uh, like, you know, maybe like women in gaming events, just because I know a lot of women in the professional esports space, and, you know, inviting them to campus, and, you know, these women have achieved a lot in sports and um, gaming, and that, so they're prime examples that, like, you know, your work and your value is always, will be credited in this space, and that, and they're also living examples that you can make it professional here, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, reaching out to women in gaming groups, I think that's a fantastic idea. I bet, I mean, my, my university I went to, they had a diversity club and uh, yeah. LGBTQ, a alliance kind of uh, clubs as well, like partnering with those other diversity focused clubs on campus could be a great way to start bridging that gap between maybe a, an unintended message being sent on campus for other clubs that we really do want everyone to be welcome here. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a great call out for everyone to really recognize that. You may not be putting, you're putting a face to your club that you may not really realize the full impact of that message.
1: hmm yeah, definitely.
0: So as you've, as you've been involved with collegiate esports for a while now, if you could just be ruler of all collegiate esports, what would be like the top, three things that you would want to address or change or really just be setting, setting the standard for for other colleges to follow?
1: Ooh, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, the first thing that really comes to mind, just like with the tournament experience that I've had recently online, as well when UCLA did e- or on-campus pack for schools, is kind of like encourage more integration um, between uh, esports programs at different colleges so that there's a lot more cross uh, competition um, because I feel like that really legitimizes collegiate esports space and, you know, um, gives us credibility and say, yeah, we can organize events at the scale of a professional level. And, you know, we encourage camaraderie and participation, you know, around the country. And I feel like that'll draw more eyes, you know, get more people to even cheer on their collegiate esports teams, even if they're like alumni, um, and tapping into like rival uh, uh, colleges. Especially USC is one that we definitely tap into a lot, um, and is pretty popular just in our fan base. But I think forward, if you want to engage communities at large and hit the populations that don't already actively watch. Sports, that's a way. Um, another 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 big thing for esports programs, I'd say, is to um, for administration to work with students and building up their program. We're really lucky that UCLA administration um, kind of has us has this. It's a student focused program. Students run it, but they provide the resources and the guidance and step in when they think that we're maybe even taking a little too much um, responsibility at one time and saying, hey, let's take a step back and plan this a little further or just giving us the resources to compete or um, manage uh, long-term goals with financial, um, uh, more ideal in nature and how to implement them. And so I'd say like some clubs I've seen kind of suffer from administration trying to top down approach where they're trying to date like this is how the club. should be. This is what we're going to do without listening to what the students want, and I feel like that creates um. A, a harder atmosphere for the club club to grow because when it's not made for the students' goals in mind, it's really hard for them to get behind like the goals that administration might see for the program. Just because there's a slight mismatch, and so I think like for collegiate esports in general think administration needs to listen to students um at, like at their um school because the students their student body is the one that understands the needs that collegiate esports at their campus um, needs in order to thrive as well as like they understand what their uh, audience the, the student body wants from an esport um so i think administration should always take students um, viewpoints into account rather just kind of um, autopilot on a top view uh, um, top view method to how an eSports program should be. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Like one, one thing that I keep hearing or keep thinking about is like if the NCAA really gets involved or suddenly there's more money in the collegiate eSports space, how is that going to change uh, college's approach to their student-run club? or varsity team that is already working with the administration to keep that going but what happens when they want to take over or they see the benefit and they they want to grow it even more but that comes out of the students hands i would i, I think i definitely agree with you that even beyond just making sure that the admin uh, listens to their student base and their their clubs is that i want i kind of want collegiate esports in the in the highest level of competition, to be entirely student dri- driven, like coaches, managers, players, subs, all of it, like social media uh, analysts or social media uh, coordinators and managers, the analysts, all of it, the casters, all of it should be student driven, and let the admin stay in the background and kind of help fund things because this doing that would be preparing all of those students for an actual industry position, whether it's gaming, it's tech, it's event running, it's everything. And being able to do that not only shows off that your school is capable of running great events, but then your students have this proactivity about them that just sets them apart. And it would be a great flavor change from other uh, college sports. So like, if you think about football programs, yeah, there's student volunteers who are uh, working in like, the medical side or working on the sidelines as like, managers and just assistants to the staff and everything, but they don't really get a huge say in everything because that was all established by NCAA rules and how that sport has, is played out and everything, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the truth that collegiate esports opts into.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, 100%. I feel like, even just from my experience, the programs that are run from students, and you know, give them the skills to, you know, enter an industry per- career, or just like, let them, like, give them the space, whether, uh, whether or not they're completely prepared, and say, for instance, broadcast, to, you know, run it themselves, make the mistake, and, you know, on the fly, fix, you know, creates, leaders that are whether or not they go into sports are going to go in whatever industry or whatever path they in life and are going to be leaders understand how to you know fix problems with um, and at least for me my philosophy for that I always tell people in collegiate who um, you know always ask how do I get involved how do I move into the professional space and I think that it's like you take collegiate for what it is collegiate um, is the space that like you get to make your own uh, for your own college. You get to brand it yourself. You get to what you want. As well as you don't have the complete pressure of being a professional org. Like people understand that you're a college your college student's trying to make this huge thing happen. So like it's the space that like you don't want to mess up majorly, but you can mess up and you have administration and you have other friends that are like, oh okay, we're gonna fix it. We're gonna help learn from it. Um so definitely not being afraid to mess up try new things because collegiate is the space where you can do it because people are here to understand because you don't have the same uh, resources as a pro org funded by investors that it's not always perfect but you're trying your hardest to make it perfect See a mistake you're rushing to fix it
0: Exactly. Uh, I've said it a couple of other times, and you basically just reiterated on what I, I love to hear is that college is the place to make mistakes and learn from it and be have that safety net of the university and the staff behind, uh, behind that university, behind your students. And I, I couldn't agree more with what you were just saying. And sorry, I interrupted you. You have your third improvement that you would like to see happen.
1: Third improvement. Mm, that's a little hard. Um... I guess for me, the one big thing, just because it was such a a turning point for our program is really like schools, I think, need to figure out ways to just um, advertise and like get out the word about their programs rather than just, you know, sticking to social media. Um, Because the one thing that I've noticed, like since that we've like tried to take active ways and hitting the natural student body or, you know, even Los Angeles um, natives, um, outside of the community by not just sticking online. Yeah. Um has really like you know driven up the awareness for our program. And I I see a lot of collegiate uh clubs starting out who just kind of make their social media post on there and they're like like surprised like oh why are we gaining, gaining followers? Why do people not know we exist? And it's like, well, um social media is definitely a way to, you know, garner support and gain followers spread the word but it can't be your only way especially when starting out um you i think like you know doing more traditional methods and going to the community whether or not it just flyering or putting up posters really gains awareness and i guess the uh, example i have is um we work with uh, l.a mission college um sometimes because they've hosted lands that our overwatch team and league of legends team has participated in and uh they have a robust broadcast program and i remember once i was getting boba with a couple of friends and i saw a poster for the show match that we were going to be competing in a weekend or two later and i was like whoa wow that's amazing that they're like in the local community putting a poster at this really popular boba shop to get people to go I can't speak to whether how uh, how many numbers it, the the marketing campaign drew, just because I don't know that. Um, but I think that's a really good way to you know sp- rather than hit the demographic that already you knows that the esports program exists, uh, trying to widen that breach and you know make it so that collegiate esports is more. Aware. And so I guess to, in short, to summarize that long answer would be to find more innovative marketing techniques rather than just creating a social media campaign or uh posting on twitter constantly hoping follow
0: i like it that's definitely been my experience with uh esport collegiate esport social media is post it and forget about it post it and forget about it or the occasional follow-up to someone commenting on it or saying that we have a game this week at this time but then the results are never posted and it's like uh, like there's so many missed opportunities for for doing something more with their social media but still just relying on it entirely as their sole method of growth and reaching out to the community is definitely like that next step and i've heard of more colleges Reaching out to their high, local high schools uh, to get to know the high school esports scene as that's developing. At the same time, uh, is there has there been much interaction with the local high schools on your part or in your club's part?
1: I say that's something that we're working to build, but we've already you know taken the steps to do that. Uh, for instance, UCLA or. Um, UCLA Recreation actually employs two esports coordinators whose uh, job description is to, you know, create that pipeline between high school and collegiate esports and, you know, working with high schools to see, like, how can you set up a program? Does that look like an after after school club space for them? Is that something integrate directly into the curriculum some way? Um, and then I've had the opportunity um, with Cole Schwartz, one of the uh, esports coordinators, Rec to go to Geffen Academy, um, one of these schools that um, UCLA um, has for high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, give presentations on what sports is, what the professional sports looks like, and tell them, whoa, well, you don't have to wait until, like, um, you're out of college 10 years from now. You can actually, like, this is a short-term goal that once you get into college, whether or not you get into UCLA. These programs are popping up around the nation. So you can get involved as like as soon as possible. And even right now, like you wanna start your own um, club on campus or you know, find maybe orgs in your local community to volunteer at or attend events for. Like, it's something that isn't far off um, for them to be a part of and making them realize that, yo, like maybe this is something that I can do rather than uh, just see it as a pastime. Like, if I really, truly love it, it's like something that I can pursue for a career or for like a life goal. And I can explain to my parents now that I'm just not playing video games all day. Like video games teach me uh, teamwork skills, they teach me how to like and how to create a passion that makes me want to follow a career so that maybe that in the future, I am a partnerships coordinator for my favorite esports team because I fell in love with it because I play, for instance, Overwatch right now um and you know teaching kids to be able to verbalize um just because video games are video games and not like a traditional sport they still give you avenues for teamwork participation and critical thinking skills that regular sports would give you as well as like an avenue to pursue a passion whether it be on competing or career-wise
0: That's wonderful. And I definitely like hearing all of that. That's huge for the community. And I mean, that's huge for the future growth of collegiate esports is making sure that everyone who's seen the growth of professional esports and wants to be involved with it, that they also have kind of a track laid out in front of them because one of the biggest things has been like, how do you get involved? I heard it all of my life when I was getting started in And even today, when I'm working in the games industry, people ask me or I have friends, uh, kids of friends asking, how do I get started in the games industry? It's it's the same question now with esports. What's that way in? How do you get in? What's the lowest common denominator that you can get your foot in the door and hearing Mm -hmm. things like where uh, campuses are hiring coordinators so that you can start bridging that gap and serve a purpose for them, but then also serve basically where, with where you are in your time of life and your education. Like that's really cool. And that's a great, great step to start making sure that people know that there's more going on with this than just the big money events in league of legends. And that less than 1% of the player base even has a hope of competing at that level. Like now you're giving hope for people to say that there's a career in this, which people need to be able to see to really start investing in it and growing in it.
1: Yeah, no. Um, And I think that um, it's like a common misconception with parents. I think it's definitely changing. You know, video games are a waste of time. No, like even, uh, like, yes, you can pursue a career in it, but at the same time, like taking the second realize, oh, my, my kid isn't as interested in traditional sports as, say, maybe I was but this is giving them the avenue to create, you know, learn other skills that I can maybe learn through football, like, um, or soccer showing up on time, how to work with critical thinking and, you know, giving them a way to pursue their passions. Um, that tip, like before wasn't acknowledged, say by school and realizing that, yeah, it's like a a way for them to get, um, you know, and, and enjoying pastime that uh, wasn't before recognized. So,
0: exactly. Now we've come up to the end of our time. It flies by so quick each time. <laughs> uh, I do want to give you an opportunity to give a, a an elevator pitch to anyone out there who's interested in UCLA esports, uh, where they might be able to contact you. What else you got going on? Anything else that you feel people should know about UCLA esports? I'll give you the, the mic and the floor to pitch <laughs> to your heart's content.
1: Yeah, well, UCLA Esports is a robust program that has you know, been around for three years, and we're entering our fourth now, um, as strong as ever. Um, and we currently ho- have teams in nine Esports titles. We have two Overwatch teams, two League of Legends teams, Hearthstone teams. Uh, we have a Rocket League a Dota 2 team and a Smash Ultimate team, um, and we're all we always have recruitment open beginning of fall, ending around uh, or beginning of summer or ending around fall. So definitely follow our Twitch, Instagram, or Twitch, uh, Instagram, Twitter um, to get more information about that. If you have any concerns about how the program is run, how to get involved, uh, whether or not you're uh, student um, you can also email um, the staff at esports at uh, g.ucla.edu and me or one of my lovely staff members will give you answers to you have whether or not involved work with us or how to promote say, our are coming um though we'll be finishing our ucla esports invitational this weekend from uh, uh may 8th to May tenth, the VODs of um, all the Overwatch Rocket League Hearthstone uh, matches will be on our Twitch channel at UCLA Esports Online, and as well as on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see um, how uh, my me and my three staff members produced um, the tournament on one PC in remote conditions, as well as the winners of uh, that's uh, that competed across the country, uh, definitely be sure to watch. There, because there are some hints matches
0: that's awesome three people one computer and remote like that that sounds like a fun story and all in in itself (laughs) uh i'll have to get that from you another time but i just want to say thank you for coming out and thank you for putting so much time and effort into your club uh it's gone through tremendous changes over time and you know it if it wasn't for such strong student leadership passing the torch on each time the administration could have just easily just brushed it aside and said it's a temporary thing, but the way you all sound like you're taking care of your club and building those relationships, UCLA eSports will be around for a good long while. So every listener, every fan, every person in the area or any student who dreams of going to UCLA, there's a path for you with gaming.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think UCLA esports welcome like any UCLA student to come and part be a part of our community, as well as just welcome fans. Um, and so again, I, I want to thank you for giving me the platform to talk about our club and like you know plug collegiate esports because it's definitely an up and coming place.
0: Awesome! Well, I'm happy to have you on and. I'll extend this offer like I do to everyone else. If anything is going on, if there's news, if there's developments going on, if there's a message that you want to get out, I am happy to boost the signal. You can leave a message with me on Twitter, on the podcast. And in fact, anyone listening to the podcast can leave a message for me and future guests at anchor.fm slash the summoning hour slash message. And I can also direct messages as best as I can. So anyone listening pass on your feedback pass on your questions let's keep building collegiate esports together thank you again ashley i really do appreciate it it's been a lot of fun getting to know you and ucla esports this this last hour so many
1: same to you thank you part
0: two podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast...